Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here, man. It's, uh, as we get close to, to Thanksgiving, and we're, I know we're looking forward to it. We've got family coming. And so uh, when you have all the family together, it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. So as I was sharing a little bit ago, I'm going to be speaking today uh, in our overcoming series about overcoming anxiety and fear. I am no expert. I'm not even close to an expert. I have nothing hanging on my wall that says I'm an expert. There's nothing on my wall at all that even hints to the fact that I know what I'm talking about, except for the fact that I'm going to stay biblical and I'm going to stay scriptural because it's a difficult subject. It's a difficult subject because almost everybody has some sort of anxiety. Many deal with anxiety on a basis of every now and then. You know, we have typical things that happen. How many has taken a test lately? Anybody? Anybody taken a test in school? Yeah. And uh, how many had a little bit of anxiety when you did that? Or you had a job interview? That's a little bit of an anxiety. Or, uh, you know, it just goes on and on. You have to have a meeting with someone and you're not looking forward to it. You guys go see the doctor and you're not looking forward to that either. And so anxiety kind of creeps inside and it's hard to be an overcomer as a believer to be an overcomer because sometimes that anxiety, it just sucks the life out of you. So I think it's a... I think it's a really good topic that we address because there's many ways of dealing with anxiety because it can be medical and it can be spiritual. And so, so uh, that, that is where we're heading this morning. And I know that God's going to bless this uh, message. And so, in fact, I want to I just immerse it in prayer real quick. Can we do that? Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the healer of all things. Lord, I thank you, God, that your power is here today. Your power is present in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you are true to your word. You're faithful to your word. You said if two or more shall agree as touching anything in your name, that it would be done. And Lord, we, we accept that. We believe that. We adhere to that. Lord, you said if two or more shall gather together, in your name, that you would be there in the midst of them. And Lord, you have been here in the midst of us. We feel you, Lord. And Lord, your presence, in your presence, the scripture says there is joy. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that that joy would flood into our lives, into our hearts right now. And so everyone said, amen. Hey, you know what? Here's the introduction of, uh, and really the definition of anxiety. Some of you can probably say to me, oh, you don't have to give me anxiety. Just sit down with me for 10 minutes. I'll tell you how I feel. And uh, you can share your anxiety. And, uh, and so here's anxiety. It's a feeling of worry. So it's an emotion, right? It's a feeling of worry. It is a feeling of nervousness, of apprehension, or unease, typically about a, an imminent event or something. Something with an uncertain outcome. It doesn't have a certain outcome. You're worried about that. You're, you're up, uptight about that. The psychiatry explanation would say this. Anxiety as a nervous disorder is characterized by a state of excessive, excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. So anxiety is no joke. Anxiety is not something that, that you just... Uh, you just kind of say, well, 
I guess they, you know, I've shared before, uh, in, like in premarital counseling especially, of how we have to be uh, sensitive to each other, husbands to wives and wives to husbands. And I share my own dumb experience of how I was not as sensitive as I should be because I found out right away when we got married, from time to time, Ange would have headaches. I've never had a headache in my life. I still have not had a headache, and I praise God for that. Anybody here never had a headache? You have not? Beulah, we're soulmates. <laughs> yes, Beulah. Woo! Steve Sampson, the prophet that came, he's also never had a headache. And so uh, I was not sensitive, though, to the fact when Andrew would have a headache, and I never did say you need to buck up, but I came pretty close. And uh, how many knows that's really the wrong thing to say? That just really has, you know, don't go there. And, uh, and so over the years, you know, when you become a pastor, you better learn how to empathize. You better learn to have the ability to feel for the issues and the pain that other people are going through. Sometimes it's death. Sometimes it's, uh, uh, it has to do with health. Sometimes it has to do with, with family issues, marital issues, and oh, so many issues. Uh, losing a job. It goes on and on and on. And, and so anxiety creeps into the lives of many, many people. But I think, I really believe with all my heart that I really need to cover it as well as I can because of the fact that so many, I'm not going to ask how many have been anxious this week because probably someone here was anxious over maybe the ice storm that just took place. And you saw the power lines were doing this, you know, weighted down. But that event of anxiety tends to follow us. So I want to share about uh, probably fear, which is connected to that, I have it on my agenda for today, but I don't think we're going to get to it. I think it'll be next, or my next message. So I'm going to cover anxiety to, uh, to the best of my uh, ability to deal with anxiety. Do I, got, do I have everybody's blessing? All right, we're going to go for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, again, people with anxiety orders, they, they dis- disorder, actually, they frequently have intense excessive and persistent anxiety and fear about everyday situations, about everyday situations. Their everyday is not like everyone else's everyday. Their everyday is normally accompanied with a fear, with an overwhelming gloom, and you're waiting for the next thing to drop. You're waiting for the next thing to drop. First of all, I'm going to say as the body of Christ here, we love you. If you're going through that, we not only love you, we know that God can intercede on your behalf. I'm not going to be trifling and just say, you know, well, hey, you just need to get, just get God's word in you today and you'll be done. Sometimes it is a process. It is a process. And you know what, though? Here's the cool thing. When you're talking about miraculous God, it can be instantaneous. It can be instantaneous. Hallelujah. So how many's tracking with me on that one? So sometimes it's a process, and sometimes it's instantaneous. 
I will always choose instantaneous. As we were saying the other day, it's the microwave spiritual blessings of the Lord. When it goes boom, and it happens right now. When it happens right now. So uh, I want to share, though, about what we need in our life. I'm not going to ask you this personally. I will just make the statement. A lot of people, and I'm going to say probably a portion, a good portion of people in this room, you have a pillbox. And then that box, there's seven little boxes, and you take pills every day for something. For some of you, it's a pill to look better. <laughs> for some of you, it's a placebo that does nothing, but you're anxious over that you might have something, so I'll take that one. But for others, honestly, you take pills every day. You're on high blood pressure, you take the pills. You, you've had a heart condition like I have, I take a pill. I take a couple pills, actually. And everyone here is probably taking, not everyone, but there are those here, I'm going to say at least, I'll bet, I'll just, 50% of you are probably taking some sort of pills because you have had them prescribed and you need those pills. And you don't, you, you're very careful about miss, missing your dosage. You're very careful about, oh, I, I got I to gotta make sure I take my pills. You know, when Pastor Ryan was here, he uh, had a horrible thing happen to him. He came down with seizures. And, and uh, for anyone who understands seizures, if you've ever seen someone with a seizure take place, you know, it, it's a very uh, uh, unnerving event. And, uh, and his family has witnessed him go through a seizure. Well, they got him on the right meds so that doesn't happen. And one day, he missed one, one dosage, and a seizure came again. Now, he has to make sure, he has to have a lot of uh, reminders, you know, thankfully, you know, when you have a, uh, a smartphone, that really helps you a lot to be able to keep on track with something. And so he had to make sure he kept that, that regiment, because one miss can bring on some devastating results. And, and by the way, he's been doing good. Uh, he hasn't had any for a very, very, very long time. And we want to see him continue that way, amen? Especially mom and dad back there. And because uh, he went through some really uh, you know, heart-wrenching items there. So what I'm saying is this. We don't dare miss our meds. We are very careful to take our medicine. Because it's important. And so I do want to make this suggestion. Treat the Word of God, especially certain verses that the Holy Spirit would lead you to, or if not the Holy Spirit, at least Google. <laughs> and as, you are, as you're doing an online search for uh, faith, Scripture's about faith. Do you know how easy it is to find some scriptures by going to use Google, by the way? I'm serious. But you need to take that same dosage every day. And don't miss that dosage. Because you know what will happen if you miss that dosage that's in that plastic box. And you know the, the conversation that your doctor will probably have with you when you go in to see him or her. And he says, you've been taking your medicine. 
And if you say, uh, pretty much, you're probably going to get lectured. And no one likes to get lectured by the doctor. And yet sometimes the most important med that we can take is Scripture, is the Word of God, ingest it and put it inside of you and eat it. I always love the thought that, you know, and John's not the first one, but, uh, you know, there's a, an old prophet in the Old Testament. There's John, the revelator, who received the book of Revelation. You know, he was told to eat something. You know, he actually eat paper, eat a scroll. And as he ate it, it was, it was like honey in his mouth, but it got down to his stomach. He was told it would become bitter, and that's exactly what happened. And so sometimes it becomes bitter in what we ingest. But the Word of God is not bitter. The Word of God can save you. The Word of God can change you. The Word of God can heal you. When you stand upon the Word of God, an old story, but I, I feel compelled because it's such a great testimony, is when my uncle was pastoring here, he was given a death sentence by the doctor that cancer had spread throughout his prostate and and into the surrounding areas, and they were going to do surgery, but they basically gave him six months to live. And my uncle did not want to live just six months. He wanted to live another 60 years. And so uh, he, he was determined that I shall live and not die. Now, folks, there's nothing ha wrong with having a positive attitude with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as God is your provider. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. There's nothing wrong with having a positive confession that says, you know what, I'm just declaring I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I will live and not die. Now, if you're proven wrong, here's the good news. You get to see him a little bit quicker. But honestly, ingest his word. Ingest the word of God and stand especially upon certain identified scriptures that are healing. So my uncle, I remember him saying this. And, and I was here. I was working here. I was a youth pastor and the custodian. And so uh, I remember him saying, I go to anything that's a Bible study. If the ladies are having a Bible study, I'm coming to the Bible study because I want to hear the Word of God. And he, and he honestly did that. And he purposely got the Word of God from any type of Bible study he could attend, go to, listen on the radio, listen on television. Uh, not a computer back then, and so he wasn't going to go there, but he would have. And he listened to the Word of God. He wanted especially to hear the Word of God spoken. Spoken. And so he, he just filled himself with the Word of God. He had the operation. And you know what? I think he lived for about another 35 years. God did a miracle on his behalf. Because basically he was stubborn. How many here has been accused of being stubborn. You have a stubborn nature, besides Greg. <laughs> I just saw your head shaking, brother. <laughs> we need to be as stubborn for healing, as stubborn for the blessings of God, as we are stubborn for other things in our lives.
Because we don't have to go into some detailed debate on, are you stubborn about this or about that? Yes, you are. Because that's who we are as human beings. We can get really stubborn you know, about things that we want in life and, uh, or we don't want to do. We can say, you know what, uh, you know, I am no, no, not for me. Not going to happen. We can be stubborn, but let's be stubborn for the Word of God, for the Word of God. So if you're dealing with anxiety, one of the first things you need to do is to ingest the Word of God on a daily basis. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Because then you have to report to me, and I'm going to lecture you. How many gets the point? How many are faithful to your pillbox? Yeah, because you don't want to see a bad thing happen. You just say, if they say, well, starting tomorrow, you're going to be on this pill the rest of your life. You go, oh, man, okay. Time before that, you may have said, oh, I'm never going to take pills. Until something happens, then they say, you have to take a pill, and you say, okay. Well, spiritually, we need to say every day, I'm going to ingest the Word of God. The Word of God. In Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 7, talk about anxiety. I love the way it starts. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. How many situations? Every situation. By prayer and supplication, which means petition, petitioning the Lord. Petitioning the Lord. With thanksgiving. So what should go along with your petitioning? Thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, that surpasses all understanding, will keep, will guard your hearts and your minds, your minds in Jesus Christ. Is there a better passage of Scripture that you could embrace and say, Lord God, today I am standing on Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Not that he doesn't know the reference. You're just making a declaration. And Lord, I am today receiving and accepting the peace of Jesus Christ because you said in your word. There are times when I almost backed away from the Bible because I read something that was so alarming. And David was like that. When he began to remind God about certain things, about certain promises, I'm thinking, David, whoa, I know you're good friends with God, but you better back off before the, before the Lord sent you too much of his presence. But we need to be stubborn for the blessing of the Lord God. So guarding your heart, guarding your mind, must be a daily regiment. If you're dealing with anxiety, you need to guard your heart and guard your mind. Say it with me. I need to guard my heart and to guard my mind. One more time. I need to guard my heart and to guard my mind. Hallelujah. And how do you do that? 
You do that by a proclamation, a declaration of taking the Word of God and you're taking it deep inside of you and saying, you know, Lord, I am not going to be anxious for anything. I'm feeling anxious. But Lord, I know that you can help me with this, that you can even deliver me of this, and I am declaring today that I'm not going to be anxious, that in every situation, by prayer, petition, and with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, I'm going to present my request to you, O God. And the peace of God with that that transcends all understanding, will keep your, your hearts or guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then I love Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. It says this, and this is what you need to do. This could be another part of your regiment, another one of the, of the doses, dosages of medicine that you might need. It says, put on the what? Full armor of God. And how I like to do that is I just begin to say this. Oh God, today I put on the full armor of God. And I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I take the shield of faith. I put on the helmet of salvation. I gird my loins, gird my loins with truth. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. In that case, you're actually putting on the Word of God as an exercise. Is it worth it to keep away the symptoms of anxiety? Absolutely. Treat it like you treat the medicine in your pillbox. In your pillbox. It goes on to say, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I read that kind of quickly, but listen to it one more time. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Sometimes we think that flesh and that our, our battle is against someone, especially in this climate of politics, you know, you can name off your enemies, and most of the time are those that you don't like, and normally they have a, a title in front of it, of their name. Because you're looking at the human being instead of, of uh, maybe who is controlling them. You need, to, you need to pray for them. Say, Lord, cast the devil out of them. Maybe that's what you need to pray. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that in the day that the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Hallelujah. Then I love this one. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. Are you ready for this? Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up. And tell me what the rest of it says. In due time. In due time. In verse 7, embolden this. Underline it. Cast all your anxiety on him. I'm reading from the New International Version. A lot of the other versions, they say cares. How many could equate cares and anxieties together? Things you care about become overwhelming to you. Cast your cares upon him. You know, I did a word search, and in the word search, 
about casting, first of all, it means actually in the, in the, in the Greek, to throw. You're getting pretty physical when you cast something. If, if you are a, a fisherman, you're casting a line. If you're, ca- if, you're, if you're fishing for big fish, you need to get out there. You got a big rod, a big reel, a, and you got thick line. You need to, with all of your might, get that out there. You're casting it out there. Here are some of the scriptures. And uh, uh, you guys don't have these because I wanted to go through these real quick. But in Matthew 4, 18, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees Peter and Andrew, and they're casting their net. You think you can just do this with your net to go fishing? No, you're casting with all of your might. You have an action that you perform many times, a method of how you're going to cast that net out. It says in uh, Matthew 27, and they crucified and parted his garments, casting lots for, for his garments. Matthew, uh, or uh, Mark chapter 1, 6, 16, it says uh, basically the same thing, casting the net into the sea. March 9, or Mark 9, verse 38, it says that John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in your name. Casting out. If someone needs deliverance of a, of a demon, of a spirit, you cast it out with all that's within you. You take your spiritual faith and you cast that thing out. You throw it out. And it says uh, in, in Mark 15, again, they're casting lots over his clothing. But here's, here's what I want. Luke 9, 40, 49, again, there's a verse about casting out devils in your name. Luke eleven fourteen says he was casting out a devil and it was dumb. I think all spirits are dumb. <laughs> and it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spoke and the people wondered. And it goes on to several other examples. Jesus even watched a, a little lady who was poor, who had nothing, and she cast two copper coins into the offering. It was all that she had. And he noticed it. So casting, my last example. Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. How many gets, gets caught up with imaginations that go awry? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Then I looked at, at this other Example of the word in First Peter uh, five ten in the New King James Version, it says, "But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you." And I was struck by that. Sometimes we just need to be settled. You need to be settled. How many ever been accused or someone said, you just need to settle down? Sometimes we just need to settle down spiritually. And, and I love this, this translation of how it reflects that, that he himself will restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast, or in this word, settle you. I liken that to settling down 
in my own life. So get this one. 1 Peter 5, 7 is, again, a reminder is to cast and throw all your anxiety on the Word of, on the word of God, on God. But verse 8 says, appropriately, that there is a lion that is targeting you. Here's just a little, just a little illustration, but if you can find that picture for me. There we go. Now, how would you like to be looking at this guy? Do you know this guy in the spiritual world is looking at you right now? He's looking at you right now. I watched his YouTube video a long time ago. I used it in a sermon illustration, actually. And it, it, was a, it was actually a leopard. And the leopard was a really big, big leopard. And, and it was being documented by a, a, by a news station and watching him. And he was walking along the bank. Now, the bank was mostly all mud. And he's walking along the bank. And he's really, I mean, he just stealth. He is stealth, stealth, stealth. He walks into the water. You don't see any splashes. This big cat. And way over in the lake, there's a sandbar. And laying on that sandbar is an alligator. And everyone's thinking, surely, he is not scoping out that alligator. I mean, alligators, that's their environment. It's the water. You know? And, uh, you know, don't go after that alligator. But now all of a sudden, that cat is in the water, and he's swimming very stealthily, and he's getting closer and closer and closer to that sandbar. And, and even the, the individual who's watching and filming said, surely he's not going to go after that, but he was. That was his intent. He was scoping out that alligator because the alligator was there, not knowing the, the leopard was in the water. And all of a sudden, with about three pounces, boom, 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 with three jumps, he's on top of that alligator, and the alligator does this big thing of rolling over, its mouth wide open. I'm thinking, well, this cat's going to be done. All he has to do is get one paw in that mouth, you know, and, uh, and he'll drag that cat down. But what that, what that leopard did, he got on his back, and with one bite, he was able to sever the nervous system as he bit into the brain. And the alligator was done. And the alligator became lunch and a new pair of boots. <laughs> now, I give you that illustration because every day there is the enemy who's prowling like a roaring lion, but sometimes he's not roaring at all. He's very quiet. He's stealthily looking at you, following you, trying to get you into a situation. He's looking for a time to pounce. I don't have to tell you more because you have had that illustration in your own life where, where the lion pounced. And so it's extremely careful. You have to be extremely careful about what the enemy is doing. And when you're going through stressful times, when you're going through times of anxiety, that lion is there. That's why it's mentioned in Scripture. That's why it's mentioned. Let me, let me just back up here. It says, 
in Flip or in First Peter five, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Boom. That makes sense. Cast all your cares on God. Hallelujah. But then it says, be alert. Be alert. Be of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Because when you are in that state of anxiety, you are more apt to miss the enemy who is sneaking up on you. If he can get you off your game, if he can get you to to the point where you're not being observant. And sometimes you just need to pray. I came across this incredible posting that Brianne had on her Facebook. And I asked her if I could share this. And so their little girl, Ellie, Eliana, she, uh, how old is Eliana? Three or four. She's three. And she's going to preschool. And preschool's hard. Oh, come on. Preschool's hard. You got to pump yourself up to go to preschool, right? So she looks all good there, doesn't she? Just all cute and, you know, she looks fine. But she really needs some support. So the next slide, you got a big brother. That's what big brothers do. If you're having difficulties with preschool, and she was crying about being in preschool, is that correct? Yeah. So she's upset about going to preschool, and you know, for whatever reason, it just wasn't happening. Preschool was kind of like intimidating, what have you. And then she said, well, I can't go to my brother, really. But here's what I really can do at three years of age. It's a little hard to see. She's in the van, eyes closed, praying. She is praying at three years of age. Don't ever underestimate a child. Do not underestimate what happens down in the sunshine class. Don't underestimate what happens at home with mommy and daddy. Don't underestimate what happens in the T&T class downstairs. That's happening maybe right now. Over the years, Angie would tell me stories. This happened last week, this last Sunday. That thing happened last Sunday. And sometimes it was like, oh, this thing happened last Sunday. But boy, there are joys. When you see a little three-year-old who says, I'm going to take this to prayer. I don't know what she's thinking, Brianne, <laughs> totally, but you guys had to be shocked when you saw that picture or what she was doing. In fact, there she is right there. She's smiling. She says, what is the big deal? <laughs> Ellie, we think you are cool. We're glad that you love Jesus. Come on, everybody. We're glad that you love Jesus. Amen. We're, we're clapping for Ellie. Hallelujah. And also for mom and dad as Christian parents. Your responsibility is huge. It's huge. And there are times when a simple lesson here, you just really need to go to prayer. Okay, 
how much anxiety can a three-year-old have in life? But you know what? What does that say? She had anxiety. And she found refuge in the Lord. Sometimes you just need to stop, put on the brakes, pray. And she did it so cute. She was overcoming anxiety and fear by going to the Lord. I don't know all what was happening in her little mind. I'm just reading the post. And I was just, I thought, that's like the most precious thing I've ever seen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is our refuge. The Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. I can cast. You know what she was doing there? She would never be able to explain this. Oh, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she could. She is casting her cares upon the Lord God. How many times have you guys seen Wyatt do something, say something that has amazed you, that's spiritual in nature? I know, I know you post things from here time to time. And, and uh, anyone here with, with a small child, it can be amazing what they have to say about the Bible, about Jesus. Hallelujah. It also says, make sure you keep them with a spiritual covering. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's, uh, I've got so much in so much, so much respect for Paul and Sue. They bring grandkids and they make sure you know, the grandkids are in church and, and uh, wow, because they want to see them walk the road that is right. Walking that road that is right. And taking a scripture like Philippians Four, six, and seven. Do not be anxious for anything. Or First Peter five ten. You know, may you be settled inside. Hallelujah. But when all else, you know, you've tried so many things for anxiety. Keep it in a constant mode of prayer. And the hardest time it is to pray is when you are under the attack. Right. The hardest time to pray is when you are under the weight of anxiety. And maybe, I'll throw this last one in, and with this, uh, like I said, next time we're going to go to overcoming fear. But it could be you need to call someone up that you trust, someone at church, maybe a believer who doesn't go to this church, but someone you know and you trust. And he said, would you pray with me? I'm going through a, a, an extra difficult time. Now, why is this so important? Because it's a principle. God laid it out in the word of God. Jesus is the one who illustrated it and orchestrated agreement. Agreement in prayer. If I want to go move a piece of furniture by myself, it's going to be hard and tough. If I get Jeffrey to help me, well, I'll probably just stop and let him do it. But <laughs> he's going to make it so much easier. And if I get him and James, 
Well, I might as well walk away, you know? And so we lighten the load because we get someone to help us. It's an it's a elementary thing of life, isn't it? Same way. Jesus gave us something that was not difficult to understand. Agreement. If two or more shall agree as touching anything in my name, it will be done. Yeah. If two or more shall gather together, he said, I will be there. He wants your agreement. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, Trinity, they are in agreement. They're actually in agreement with each other. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today, if, you're, if you've been under the weight of anxiety, it may not be that something you're always under the weight of, but it's just been something of late that's been really more pressing. We'd love to pray for you. And uh, I'd like to ask some of our prayer warriors if you'd come. So Randy and Carolyn, if you come, and James, and just if you want to come, and Ange. And, and, uh, and if you need to have prayer, and Greg, Heather, would you mind coming as well? And so we got every age. In fact, if you have a if you have a, a marriage, something about a relationship, I'm going to ask Joe and Stacy to come. And uh, there are ministers to, uh, to our families. And, and maybe it's not about marriage. Maybe it's just about the family in itself. And that you're going through a, a difficult time, especially with a blended family, perhaps. And so I want to encourage you today, if, you, if you're in need of, of just having your health prayed over, if you, if you just say, you know what, I don't even know what I need I just know I need to have prayer. You ever come? Do you think that's a that works? Absolutely. You cannot really truly define it, but you know down in your spirit, I need this. If you'd stand with me, and Linda, if you could come and uh, and just want to invite you today. If you need to get going, uh, hey, you have a re great rest of the day. But I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never given your heart to Christ Jesus, so you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Any of these individuals up here can help you. Hallelujah. You don't have to go through anxiety alone. That's my point. You don't have to be under the weight of it alone. The Lord, yes, can deliver you, but there's someone who can pray with you as it goes to the Lord, and he takes it. Hallelujah. If you're in need, I want you to come. Let me pray. Father, for those who need to go, we pray your blessing over them. But we thank you for this time that we've had here together to hear your word. And Lord, we are comforted today that we can cast, we can throw all of our cares all of our anxiety, our burdens upon you. For your word declares, for you care for us. Jesus, we say, we thank you, we love you. Today, Lord, for those who might come today to this altar and say, Lord, I need prayer for this, for that, for whatever it might be, for the weight, the burden, 
the cares. Lord, we want to be your, your hands, your feet, your mouth. Hallelujah. We love you. And everyone said amen. If you need prayer, would you come? Would you come? Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Don't miss out.